Welcome to the What I Love About You podcast. I want to tell you three things that I love about you. I love about your smile. You love my smile? I love your smile. I love your laugh. You have a contagious and amazing laugh. I love your beautiful singing voice. about you podcast i'm so excited for today's episode i'm so excited for you to get to hear from today's guest victoria fontenot is with us today and she is a blogger a mother she has this amazing community that she's created with her siblings which you know me coming from a big family i love it there's five of them and they've created this space on social media where it's all about loving god and loving people it's all about letting people have a seat at the table and so i connected with them on social media love what they're doing, love getting to see their stuff, ask them if we could just have a conversation. And Victoria was kind enough to give us a little bit of her time. So Victoria, thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is our first time doing any type of podcast or interview. So it's exciting for us. You know, besides being just posting on Instagram and everything. Yeah. But yeah, like she said, I'm Victoria. I'm 28. I'm from Texas. Um, I have a six-year-old daughter. And um, my brother, Farron, is really who brought this blog idea to us. We, I know for a long time, personally for myself, I didn't really know where I fit in as far as like serving in the church and serving, because mm-hmm. I was always kind of behind the scenes. Because my sister, Adriana, who does our fashion post, and then Farron, who does a lot of like the poetic stuff on our blog mm-hmm. and um, a lot of our videos, they're both really talented dancers. Mm-hmm. So at our church, Triumph, we go to Triumph and Beaumont. We've been there for like mm-hmm. years, a long time. And we do a lot of artsy dance mm-hmm. production type of stuff. And they were always a part of that. And I was always kind of like the stage mom behind the <laughs> So um, I had a hard time really finding like, what am I good at? You know, like where, mm-hmm. where are my talents? How do I use those? Because in high school, I just kind of played sports. That was my thing. And I didn't. I, like I said, I just didn't really know where I fit. And then as I got a little bit older, I noticed that like, well, hey, I'm actually a pretty decent writer. And mm. um, I really like interior design and things like that. But I was like, okay, God, but where does that fit in mm. your kingdom? You know, like, and how yeah. do I do that? And then one of the realizations that I had one day that I love is that God created us, right? And God created all things. So that means there's a space where there's a talent. That means like God is the best at that specific Mm -hmm. area right and I think a lot of times we see preachers on the stage and we think okay well that's how God uses people but Mm -hmm. if we see a comedian like that's a gift from God so that means God has to be funny right so like and then if somebody is good at interior design that means God is good at that too right so that's Mm -hmm. something that I can use for his glory or even the fashion industry like there's a space for God in all of these places because to me God created it all you know I mean look the sky and the world and all yeah, these he's so creative yeah this artist that you know he, yeah. he's the greatest he's the best so mm-hmm. when fan presented this idea to us because we all have talents kind of in that in that realm of influence mm-hmm. so when Farron presented this idea for the blog it was just a beautiful thing a creative outlet for us and to yeah. show other people that God can use you in this way like you don't necessarily have to be behind a pulpit but right. God, need, God needs us in the fashion industry and God needs yeah. us in all of these places. So that's kind of where like this blog stuff started and where it's 
and where it's leading us. And I think it's, it's brought us all closer to God. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. So that's the path that I'm on right now. And then just trying to be a mom. Um, I was, I got married at 21 and was pregnant, had my daughter by 22. And then we were divorced by the time I was 23. Wow. And I mean, God really had to, it was a season where I felt like I really, people were looking at me like, you got to be really broken. Cause it was, I mean, it was a hard time. Like the way that it happened, is just not the best situation, you know? And people were looking at me like I should have really been broken. But I will say like, that's one of the times I felt the most great. It was like, I felt like I was in this bubble of grace and like the pain Mm -hmm. that I should have felt. And as long as I was walking with God, like I didn't feel the pain that was necessary, like that people would expect you to feel for that situation. So I would say that was my first real experience with how great his grace and mercy can be because he really carried me through that season of life you know and yeah I mean we grew up in church my whole life and we went my mom had us at every church camp every conference but (laughs) I will say she must have really been on her knees praying when I went to college because that was the first time I really felt like true conviction like before I was able to kind of do things that I was like "Mm, what you know yeah yeah air like it was just like mm-hmm. but somebody was on their knees really praying because when I <laughs> college like I mean the conviction I just remember like I felt true conviction for the things that mm-hmm. I was doing that's kind of what started my relationship with God mm-hmm. um and the true sense of it you know yeah but I also dealt a lot with um just from experiences I've had in the church which I'm sure other people can relate to is I had this sense of God that was just like he was this dictator Mm-hmm. And I had to, it was a, like a performance-based thing mm-hmm. where I felt like I had to be perfect, you know? Yeah. And if I stayed perfectly in line with God, he was going to knock me upside my head and something was yeah. going to yeah. I had no room for error. And I honestly, like, I hated living like that. Like, it, yeah. if you're a Christian like that, it's just not, it's not fun to live that way. Right. So honestly, right. I would say in this last year of my life is when I, in 2020, is when I was like, okay, I want to get to know God, like for who he is and Mm. what he means to me and his true nature. Cause I feel like a lot of times the way he's presented to us in the world or whatever, like we don't get to know the true nature of God. And I think if we sit and really get to know him, we see how kind he is. Yes, And that's what I learned. I don't know if I'm talking about this too soon. You're good. You're good, girl. (laughs) Go for it. I love it. I had the most insane, aside from like the racial stuff that was going on and aside from like COVID, some really crazy stuff happened to me. Because when I got divorced, I moved back in with my parents and I stayed there. But I made the goal in 2020. In 2019, I said in 2020, like I'm moving out. Like me and my daughter are going to get on place. We're going to start. Like I'm going to have my own space. And I'm going to be real. When I've always dealt with fear, like as a little girl, I can remember like just being I was scared to get kidnapped like all these things just kind of irrational (laughs) but like I just to be real I dealt with them Mm -hmm. so me and her move out um my phone fell uh we move out to our first place and it's going all good it's going well right and I have this dream I've maybe been there like a month and I have this dream that somebody breaks into my house and I'm like reaching for a gun to protect myself, but nothing is there. And there's these two men in all black standing over my bed. And of course, like it freaks me out. Right. And I think, but because I've struggled with it, I'm like, you know, God, I'm just going to renounce that. I'm not going to think anything of it. I'm going to keep moving, whatever. So 
the following Monday, because this was like a weekend, the following Monday, I come home and I noticed like my attic light was on. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird because, but the maintenance people were just there working on the toilet. Maybe like they went up there for some reason. So I climbed up there, shut it off, didn't think about it again. So then I come home the next day and the light is on again. And I'm like, hey, I I was like, okay, you know what? This makes no sense because I know for a fact and somebody else was there and they saw me turn the light off. Like I know I turned this light off. So I go to bed and don't really think about it. And then I start to hear like, it's like two in the morning. I wake up and there's like noise. Like I can hear it up there. And I, for like an hour, I lay there. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my daughter's in my bed and I'm like, okay, like, God, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just being fearful or if like, I actually need to get up and do something in this situation. So Finally, like two hours later, I just, I was like, whatever, I'm just, if they come down off the attic, like I have time to make it to grab my keys, get out the door. So I like, I was too afraid to even like open my, oh my closet goodness. to make any noise. So I pick my daughter up and she's like, what's going on? Cause it's like 3am at this point and I drive to my parents' house and my dad knows I'm kind of dramatic. So he sees me on their couch the next morning and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, look, dad, this is what happened. He's like, Victoria, I'll go look. I think you're being dramatic, but I'll go check anyways. So my dad goes to check, he goes in the attic and I was, it was like a townhouse type thing. Uh Our attics were like, our buildings are connected, but there's still like sheetrock and stuff between Mm -hmm. my neighbor or whoever had cut a hole in the sheetrock and you could see where he was like stepping through on the installation coming over to my side of the attic. Oh my gosh. And there were a couple of times I noticed that like my TV was on <gasps> at the house and I had one of those TVs that shut off by themselves. Yeah. And I know I would turn it off when I leave, but I would come home and it would be on. And I would be like, well, that's weird. Cause I know I cut it off. But maybe Girl, I- this is about to turn into like a true crime podcast. <laughs> We're going to figure out who did I, it. I'm not trying to freak anybody. I'm just trying oh to tell God. how God really carried me through this season. Cause I'm a, in 2020, I feel like I was the least faithful to God that I've ever been. Like, I just got so consumed with the way the world was. And I just caught, mm-hmm. caught up in sins that I hadn't really been doing in a really yeah. long time. And I just felt like I was so unfaithful in that season. And God was still faithful mm-hmm. and protected me. You know, like, he didn't let these things get me. Like, the enemy tried to form the weapon, but it didn't prosper type of thing. So me and my daughter, we find a new place literally um like I live in a condo now and my sister literally her and her husband own the one across the street so I'm oh that's so good and we're here and we love it here but I had an incident where somebody tried to break into my back door here oh my gosh so as a person who deals with fear like yeah the fact of having to like fight through these situations yeah and it, it I it just I don't know, it was just frightening because if it was just me, it's different, but I have a six year old to think about. Yeah. But what I, I say all that to say that God is so good and that and that's why encouraging words are so important because I have this aunt who sends me these devotionals every day. And when I tell you they mm-hmm. were like so on point, yeah, exactly what I was dealing with. Cause I was like, God, do I leave or do I stay? And every devotion and every time I open the Bible and every scripture had to do with like his protection. Mm. over us and that um all of that stuff like I even I remember even doing my daughter's devotional with him one day and it was talking about how like you know God sends his angels and like nobody can kind of come past yeah yeah I started doing and my counselor was like look this is what I do like when my husband's out of town I take my bibles and I I open it up to a scripture that I feel like God's protection on and I place it by my door and I say you know what God if they if they come past this point 
they have to deal with you. So that's what I did. And that's how I handled oh. it. And honestly, it was really hard. <laughs> it was hard yeah. having yeah. to fight through that. But like, what I love about God is that like, we can stand on his promises. So mm-hmm. no matter how much like that fear floods in, I can be like, well, God, if you said it, like you can't go against it. So right. this is what I know yeah. the spirit was communicating to me. And this is what I was reading your word. And it all lines up with what my spirit was saying and what your word was saying. So I know this yeah. is what you're speaking to me. So I'm going to keep like pushing past it, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's so that I never thought. <laughs> that's crazy. And I feel like as a, as a mother, as a single mother, as the protector of your daughter, as somebody who, you know, obviously I totally can relate to struggling with fear and worry and anxiety. And I think just being on your own like that, being so excited to be on your own, but then having two things happen back to back that really bring to light what could happen. You know, I think that we all can function and live in that world of like, well, this could happen. And you want to be like, no, it'll never happen. But then once it does, it's like, how do you say it'll never happen? You know what I mean? Like you realize, no, it really, really could. And therefore we have to depend on God even more. Mm -hmm. I think it speaks so much. And one thing I always like to remind people is if someone's put on your heart, it's for a reason. And so your aunt sending you those devotionals, like that was God putting you on her heart, you know what yeah. I mean? And then her being faithful to say, yep, I'm going to be that messenger. I'm going to be the answer to prayer. I'm going to be that person that, you know, can deliver that message. And that's just such a beautiful reminder of the part that we could play in someone else's story. Cause after so much, you know, struggle and just, I'm sure trauma in those experiences, yeah. someone else was able to be a part of that, this restoration of faith. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's so true. You never know, like, what word will carry somebody through their next season of life. So when when God, and it may seem so awkward, and you'll be like, this person Mm -hmm. is absolutely not going to receive this. And you know, like, the spirit, like, how are you going to say you know more than that? Right, exactly. So important, because, like I said, it's it's her sending that stuff to me, and it being so on point. And it would be literally at moments where I was like, like, at my wits end, it was like, yeah. ready to pack up and go to my parents' house and she would send this devotion and I would be like, okay, God, like, I know I'm, yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. So and I love, I love what you talked about too, because I think we all can relate to these seasons where we see the goodness of God and there's no correlation with our behavior or our faithfulness. Yeah, exactly. I think I've looked back and there's been times where I've thought, well, God bless me or God's favor or whatever, because I was really on my A game and I was being real good. But then we have these seasons where we realize I did not deserve that at all. And I, I, I so appreciate your honesty and vulnerability to say like, in this year, I wasn't necessarily like doing all the things I should have been doing or being super faithful, but I still saw God's goodness. And I think it's so important for people to hear that God's love truly is unconditional yeah. and he pursues us and he loves us. And it's not based on this, you know, growing up in church, you really can begin to feel like okay, if I do ABC, then God will always do ABC, you know, like one, two, three, whatever. Like, I think it's so important to remember that that is an unconditional love. And I'm so thankful that you were able to be honest and saying like, it's not that I was doing all the things right, you know, and living my best life and being crazy faithful. It was just that God's that good. That's so powerful. Um, 2020 was obviously a crazy year uh, for all of us, but I can't imagine. Will you talk a little bit about like your family's heritage, mm-hmm. ethnic background, where you live, what that all looks like. Yeah. And, and then in 2020, what that meant. Okay. So, um, we are from a small t- China, Texas, which is really, really 
So yes, I've been there. <laughs> like, uh, we don't all live there now, but that's where we're from. And that's where we went to high school. And that's where we grew up. And honestly, it's probably about my graduating class had 140 people in it and 10 of us were black. So, um, but my parents wanted to make sure that we went to a good school district, that we were educated, that we were well spoken, everything like that. So we were always kind of seen as like, not like y'all aren't like those black people, you know? Mm. And um, it kind of gives you like mixed emotions as a kid because like I grew up where necessarily like the black kids didn't really hang out with me and I had a lot mm. of friends and there was like underlying racism that you didn't really necessarily realize was there until we got older, you know? And now mm-hmm. I'm looking at experiences and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's what I want. Yeah. My daughter's yeah. experience is to be, but I mean, we look biracial, um, but I always knew myself to be black because both of my parents were black and that's just kind mm-hmm. of I have black parents I have black grandparents all of this stuff it actually wasn't until I did the 23andMe thing like the DNA testing that oh, okay, yeah, yeah. we're actually like pretty split down the middle like 49 48 percent European 49 wow. something African and then some other stuff in there but I mean uh-huh. never right you know, a lot of times when people are mixed they have like a white parent and a black parent. right both of my parents are mixed so then but okay. they didn't really know <laughs> yeah 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 and so we just grew up as like black individuals and um I know there's some racial pain like in my grandmother's like my paternal grandmother mm-hmm. I know when her dad was when she was six her dad went out to town or something and there was like this 18 year old white man that he wouldn't say yes sir to because he was 18 years old and he didn't do it so they like tied him to the back of something and like drug him across the town oh, like, that way and so I know there's a lot of like because I'm very neutral when it comes to race relations I like to look at it like if I know these people to be good people and I knew them before because a lot of I see a lot of people like if they support Trump like we automatically assume they're just evil. And mm, <laughs> that's when, mm. I, honestly, that's what a lot of people think. But I like to look at it like I knew these people before any of this happened. And I know that they have a heart for God. And I know that they mm. love me. So I really try not to judge people based on their political beliefs. Mm. But like, I can understand why for somebody like my dad, it's a little bit yeah. rooted, you know, because he maybe carries yeah. the pain of like where he actually went through. Um segregation and yeah things like that um but I had my own personal experiences I remember being um in fifth grade and I was in the car with um like the little dribblers basketball team and I was the only black girl in the car mm. I don't even know how we got on the subject but they I remember the conversation going to you know the bible says that it's a sin to date outside of your race mm. and, I, and this is like something I don't know what I even thought of it at the time, mm-hmm. but, I, but now as an adult, I can go look back and it's like, I, I have my daughter now and I want to protect her, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can't protect them from the world. And it's just, yeah. it's just difficult, but you have to be, I think now with like our children, it's up to like our generation as yeah. parents and as children to really, and our, for our children to just make a difference and one calling it out. I think, a lot of times, I think sometimes people aren't as willing to listen to like an African-American when they speak out about it. Because we've been speaking out about it so long to this point, like people try to act like it's whining at this point. And that's not what it is. I'm not trying to say that's what it is. But I do think that we have to see 
um, like white people step up and call mm-hmm. it how you like that's that's you should yeah. say it's not right you know and I think sometimes it's more respected when it comes from somebody who looks like them and you right. say it's not right don't yeah. say that it's not fair to assume that it's not a fair way to look at it have you tried sitting down with somebody have you mm-hmm. gone to the table and tried to sit yeah. down with my brother Farron had a really beautiful conversation with the um athletic director and his wife from our local high school when the George Floyd stuff happened, they asked to come and sit down. And she was like, look, she was like, I know I hold some biases in my heart. And this is just me trying to say, like, can you teach me? Can you help me? Mm. And I, one thing that stuck out to me that was she said was like, in her house, like they didn't say the word black because it was kind of like it was bad to say. Like they didn't know mm. how to say it. And I think mm. a lot of people get confused. Like, do I say black? Do I say African-American? Mm-hmm. Do I say this? Mm-hmm. Do I say that? And she just was like, we were always taught like it was something that you danced around. And I think we yeah. should get comfortable saying white or black or whatever. Yeah. Like we just, we are everybody, we're all different. We're all different mm-hmm. colors, we're all from different backgrounds and stuff, but we're all still children of God and yeah. we are of God and God created us with all these different colors. And so yeah. I think our differences are to be appreciated and celebrated, right. but not in the way that we use it to hate somebody else. You know? Right. And um, I think that's so powerful. And I think too, like just the idea that what you were saying about like knowing people's hearts, I feel like 2020 became a year where just by, like I saw something on Facebook and it was like, go look at your friends and see what political pages they've liked. And if it's yeah. any of the following, unfriend them. Yeah. And I was like, how have we gotten to this place where just by association, just by, you know, viewing certain things on social media, you are then cut out, but no matter which side you're on. I mean, that's not, this is not something that I feel like as a child of God, as somebody who says every single person is created in the image of God, we can just dismiss people for certain beliefs or certain views. We do need to sit down and say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? You know, what about this issue? What about this topic? Here's how this makes me feel. You know, like, let's talk about some things. But to just write off, one, I feel like the greatest loss is you lose your influence. Mm-hmm. You lose your influence when you say, because you think differently than me, I am no longer going. I mean, I literally know people that different family members have been like, I'm never talking to you again for exactly. different reasons. You know, like, it's just, it's gotten so heated. And it's like, one, you've lost your influence in that person's life. So if you really believe that what you think is the best, you yeah. really believe that what you think is just the closest to scripture and it's what God would want people to, to think, you're losing your influence when you step out of somebody's life, one. And two, I don't feel like we, I feel like it puts us in that God role, you know? Like we're not God. So yeah. we're going to get to heaven and we're going to realize we were wrong about some things. We're yeah. going to realize that there are some things that we didn't, that we misunderstood. Um, you know, I've had experiences with just nasty, hateful people. There mm-hmm. are racists. I do not question that. They are very much alive and present. And we talked a little bit before, like, you know, before starting this episode about the times that at a young age in Southeast Texas that I would say to people, that's wrong. You're yeah. being racist. I mean, because I was taught God loves every single person and living in Orlando, there's so much diversity and there's so much, you know, you're not going to find a public high school with 10 minorities in the senior class you know like that's not going to happen unless you're going to a private school so being here there was so much diversity and beauty in that and I just feel like it was something that really struck me that we've got to recognize there are nasty just people that are hurt there are people that are are projecting pain there are people that have grown up being told every single person that looks like this is this way 
there are people that are have grown up, you know, just with a lot of baggage. And I, I know this is something I've discussed before with, with different friends. I, growing up, I feel like something that the generation before us to kind of combat segregation and everything where your color defined everything, you know, like your color of your skin decided where could you go eat? Where could you, you know, where are you going to sit? Where could you go to school? All of these things. I feel like the generation before us to kind of combat that white people decided, okay, we're going to say, I don't see color or we're going to not say black because that used to define everything. So this is the way we communicate. That's not the case for us anymore. But in that, in translation, what got lost was the beauty of diversity, right? Like we want to see color. And literally this past summer, a friend said to me, do you feel comfortable saying, you know, oh, she's black. And I said, no, I don't, I don't think I could say that because it just was so instilled in me. Like somehow that's wrong. And Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm going to give you permission right now. Like it's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like just to, to, but then I get on social media and someone's going off about, oh, why'd you call her black? So I think the important thing too is to remember, you're not going to make everybody happy. (laughs) You're not going to please every single person. I do think it's so important that in your community, in your group of friends, if you are not spending time with people who look differently than you, make some new friends, Mm -hmm. join some new circles, join some new communities. And then in addition to that, make sure that you're having conversations and that you're doing things from a place of wanting to learn and grow, not from a place of fear of, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but I can't imagine again, knowing when I first saw, there was a video that your brother posted on Instagram and it was back, I think it was in June. And when I first saw it and then made the connection of where you guys live, um, just thinking about what you guys were walking through knowing, and I think it's so important. I know a majority of our audience is from Orlando. And so they don't know what it's like to live in Southeast Texas. They don't know what it's like to live in some of these communities. And they might not understand things as simple as what you experience with someone saying, oh, it's not biblical for someone to marry someone who's not their race. I dealt with that conversation. Like I know that that is a very real thing. And it is, people feel justified. They feel like they can explain it. They feel like they can go back and be like, okay, well, here's where this is. And so when my husband and I started dating, it was a big issue. Yeah. And when, when, you know, people come to my wedding and every single couple is interracial, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is a thing in Orlando. Yeah. That's not a thing. It's all these Texas. Yeah, exactly. So walking through, uh, yeah. Walking through helping people understand, you know, this is something where we judge people by the character of their heart. And my husband now has the utmost respect from people who originally were like, I don't know about this. I don't know. He doesn't look like what I thought he was, you know, now it's like, oh my gosh, he's the best husband. He's the best dad because they just needed to see it. They just needed, and I'm thankful that they were willing to open their minds, you know, and to be willing to see a new perspective. But I just think there's so much division and so much, you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. And that's why I love conversations like this, where we can come together and say, hey, you have life experiences that I've never experienced, like someone being in your ex. (laughs) But also like dealing with racism, dealing with people treating you differently. I I haven't personally experienced that, Mm -hmm. but I I do feel like there's this divide happening. And I want to see, I love the saying that you guys have of come have a seat at the table. I want to see, because when we get to heaven, newsflash, it's going to be diverse. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be you know, so if you have a problem with people that look differently than you, you're not going to like heaven. You're not going to <laughs> like what you say. Place for you and it should be the most beautiful. Place. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I just think, you know, how can we help people? So what are some things that you feel like, Hey, 
as a black woman living in the South, you know, raising a daughter, what are some things you're hoping for her that she can experience in her lifetime and that she can friendships that she can have maybe um, that, that you would really say, I hope she has this. And I sprung that question. In. Yeah. Let me think. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be real. I had as hard as it was, where I'm not going to even say I had the most horrible experience growing up where I grew up. There were some race things, but I had some really beautiful friendships with people who were white. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I just want her to walk in this, this, this is my biggest thing with her is that because where I was from, like we straightened our hair, like, cause you wanted to look like that image, you know, mm-hmm. so you could be accepted. So I want her to feel comfortable because she has curly hair and I want her to feel mm-hmm. comfortable and totally wearing that hair and not making somebody making a joke about it. Or I want her to be proud to be in the skin she's in and not feel like she's less than because of the yeah. skin that she's in. And I want her to also appreciate people of different backgrounds and of different races, just the same way that I want her to be respected for her background right. her race without feeling like she has to prove that she's educated or that she comes from a certain type of lifestyle or anything like that. Yeah. Like I just want her to be appreciated for who she is as a human being. And that's what I'd like to see for everybody that's kind of growing yeah, up yeah. Um, in her generation. You know, it's just a level of respect and a level yes. of care that they treat each other with. Um, mm. And realize that we we do have that. My hair is different from your hair. And that's, yeah. okay, you know, and let's just respect mm-hmm. each other for our differences. And I want her to feel something that I look back at that I wasn't brave enough to do is when I did see an injustice to call it out you know Mm. and not be afraid to speak up for herself or for other people is Mm. what I would like to see happen for sure that's so good I think I think the biggest thing like I love that you said respect because I think that's the biggest thing that we're lacking right now as adults and if we as adults can't get that right how can we expect our kids who are watching to learn and grasp that concept. And it's just, it's so important because that's a hard issue. That's who you are. You know what I mean? Like to be able to say, I as a person will respect people as just simply for the fact that they were created in the image of God and he died for them. That's Mm -hmm. enough. I don't have to know anything else about you. I don't have to know where you politically stand. I don't have to know if you wear a mask to the store. I don't have to know, like, I don't have to know anything else. Mm -hmm. God created you in his image and he died for you. So therefore, I need to love you and I need to respect you as his child. Now there might be things that you do that, like you said, I call out, I I say, Hey, you're missing it here. You don't even realize this isn't okay. And I also think if we can come from the place of, you know, giving grace in the sense of, I'm going to call it out from a stance of you must not, you must be this way. Like, what do you think is the best way to kind of call something out in a way that gives hope for like, let's learn. You know what I mean? I think we have to realize as Christians, like we all have blind spots, right? And there's all places that we need grace in specific areas of our life. And we need our friends to come to us and say, because I have really great friends now and I have a pretty somewhat diverse friend group. I have white friends, I have black friends. And one of my best friends, she's white. And, um, but she grew up in more of like a black neighborhood than I grew up in. So like she even has experiences that I didn't even have. So Mm -hmm. she can relate to this stuff on a different level than like the Mm -hmm. average white person, I would say, because she, all of her friends were black growing up and Mm -hmm. she went to schools that were way more heavily populated by a black population than schools that I went to. And um, I love hearing her perspective on things, but I tell that to say, like when she sees, when I have a blind spot, she's, she's able to say, Hey, like, Hey, Tori, like maybe you're not looking at this in the right way. Mm. 
or maybe you should look at it like this, or maybe you needed to look at it from their perspective. And I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that's how you're saying and just saying, instead of being like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think believe about this. Like that. The Bible yeah. is that, like, don't come at people like that. I think you need to come at them with grace and just say like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this has been my experience with this situation. Maybe you should think about it as a person that you care about. Maybe you should think about it like this, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so huge too, to build the relationship first as well. Like I see so many people through social media, keyboard courage, they're mm-hmm. going off on people. And it's like, you don't even know them. Mm-hmm. You don't even, I've heard the term relational equity. Like yeah. what equity have you put into that relationship where you have the right to say, hey, and if you do have the right to say that, I would imagine your friend doesn't come to you on a public forum for hundreds of people to see, you know, it's a private conversation of, Hey, I love you. And I care about you. And I want to see you do better. So think about this and maybe you'll think about it and you'll still say, Nope, I'm going to stick with what I originally thought, but this is a different, this is a different perspective. And I think there's beauty in building those relationships, having some hard conversations, but being willing to do it privately Mm -hmm. where there's hope for restoration and not humiliation. Exactly. And I think it's so important to kind of have like that accountability partner in your life too, where you yeah. can go to them and be like, okay, girl, this is how I'm thinking about this. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah. You know, and be willing to, for them to say like, yeah, you think about that wrong. Yeah. I think it's important for like self-reflection before you post something. I will do that a lot before I like post a certain thing. I'm going to be like, okay, can you yeah. tell me if I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I, you I need that. Yeah. This? <laughs> that would honestly, I think that's going to be the rule. That should be the rule for 2021. Let's yeah. all implement that. Let's before ask our we- friends. <laughs> yeah. Before you post anything, comment anything, ask somebody else who's removed from the emotional state that you find yourself in, because I've had to learn to do this, and say, okay, is this something that will be productive? Is there a point to this? Is this helpful? Or is this me just venting and using social media like I should be using my personal diary? Yeah. And I think that is something that we definitely should carry into this next year. Are there any other things that you feel like from last year that you've learned that you want to really remember lessons? things that you want to carry into this new year? I think kind of like a big reoccurring thing in my life, I feel like, because it wasn't just this year really showed it to me, but I kind—I feel like he kind of started showing me in 2019, but like this year really showed it to me. It's like as anxious as I can get and as in my feelings and like nervous about things as I can get, if I can just remember like what God has promised and what he has said, like, it's so much more important to stand on those things. Cause that anxiety, it'll come in waves, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it'll feel like you're drowning in it. But if like, you can remember, like, this is what God spoke to me and this is yeah. what God said. And you can stand on that instead of like succumbing to the anxiety, which is hard. It's easier said than done. Trust. Like I know, yeah. trust, I get it, right. but I feel like it's so important to get in the word of God and to get in prayer so you can have something mm. to stand on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to have stuff that we can go back to. And that comes again with people encouraging you. And when you need to send that word to a friend, cause you never know what see how that'll carry them through the next season of life. Yeah. So having those words to stand on. And then also like this year, I feel like we need to stop trying to be right. Mm. And start trying to, advance the kingdom like this year to me is about kingdom work like I was I I don't remember what I was doing but it kind of like made me think like this is like my Esther year if that makes Mm. sense this is the year that I'm going to be bold and I'm going to be brave for God and like she was in it I mean the season was crazy and she had to go you know he was coming from there was a lot of risk you know but like she was like I'm going to be bold and I'm going to stand 
for God and God's going to use me for this. And I feel like we need to walk into this year saying like this, this division that has come and tried to grip our nation, like we're not standing for it anymore. Mm. And we don't need to try to be right because we can be right on either. Like we can make an argument. Republicans can make an argument that the Bible, Jesus would have been Republican. And then Democrats Mm. can say Jesus would have been a Democrat. Like we both Mm. can get enough points to say like, this is what Jesus would have been. Mm -hmm. But I want to focus on, and I'm preaching to myself (laughs) to stop trying to be right, you know, Mm. and, and be kingdom minded. Somebody Mm. shared a post on Instagram that I put in my stories. And it was just along the lines of like, is what I'm about to share going to cause like more anxiousness and more Mm. anger? Or is it going to advance the kingdom of God? And I think we need to look through that lens this year. Like let's, we've done enough fear mongering and we've done enough. Not that this stuff didn't need to be said. There were things that needed to be said, Mm. but is it at the point, I guess what I'm trying to say is look at your heart. Like before you share something this year, Check your heart. And am I sharing it to be right? Am I sharing it to prove my point? Or am I sharing this because it's good information that I feel like will help somebody grow? Right. And am I sharing stuff that's going to advance the kingdom of God? Because I feel like that's that's what we need to worry about this year for sure. Yeah. And I think, are you having the difficult conversations, you know, whether it's FaceTime, Zoom, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously in person, as you feel comfortable, are you willing to have those conversations or is it only on social media? Like, I've seen some people post some things. I'm thinking, you would never say that to my face. Like you would never actually come up to me and talk like that, but you're posting this stuff and it's so extreme or hostile or just negative. And we're just feeding into that negativity. And so I think such a beautiful thing, what you said, like, let's think about the long game. This is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is something where we want to win the hearts of people for Jesus. We want to be able to help them connect with their savior, with their redeemer, with their protector, like you experienced last year, with their provider, with their hope, with their restorer. Like if anybody is going to bring racial reconciliation to the United States of America in 2021, it's going to be God. And it's going to be through his people, through his church. He is the only one. And I think it's getting to this point where it's it's setting the stage. Like you said, it's setting a stage where people are going to be like, this feels impossible, but God, and Mm -hmm. this is the time. And so I love that. I think that's such... Such a good reminder for all of us in this new year. I think so many of us wanted to feel like, okay, we're making great progress. We're moving forward. All right, it's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. And we got hit in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it just feels like right back to, and I think it's a little bit of almost like a PTSD. Like mm-hmm. someone who, like, we jump right back into like the thick of, you know, it's like, okay, hold on. Let's remember the things we've learned from mm-hmm. 2020. I think it's so important to reflect. I think it's so important to look back and think about those moments where we were wrong, where we needed to see a different perspective. Let's remember the things that we've learned. Let's remember the fact that it's not about being right. Like you said, it's about loving people. It's about showing people, but taking the time to build a relationship and then showing people different perspectives or letting God speak through you in somebody else's life. And that's rarely going to happen on a social media platform in, in the same way that it would in a personal relationship. Uh-huh. I think if we can, you know, who knows what 2021 is going to look like, who knows how much we'll be able to be in person together, you know, gatherings and things like that, but be really intentional where we can with those personal relationships outside of social media, I think is so important. I just, I love everything that you guys are doing. Um, I'm going to make sure to include in the description where you can find them on Instagram 
the blog, the store that's coming soon. I'm so excited just to see all that God continues to use you guys to do. And I always love to wrap up um, just with sharing things I love about you. And obviously you and I didn't really know each other prior to this conversation. This is our first time getting to sit down and chat. And even just in talking beforehand, I just thought, wow, like this girl is resilient. Like you just like, that's the word that kept, because I always ask God, like, Hey, help me speak into this person's life. And I just feel like God was like, this is my daughter who is so resilient and strong. And no matter how many times she gets knocked down, no matter how many things she's up against, she's going to keep fighting. I see you as such a beautifully strong mother, such an incredible example for your daughter, an example that is by no means perfect, but is quick to admit when she's not perfect Mm -hmm. and is teaching your daughter what it looks like to pursue Jesus as a broken person, which we all are, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think part of where we get it wrong is that we put this like expectation of perfection. And our kids then think, if I'm not perfect, I can't do that. And I'm just so thankful for the example that you're setting for the community of using your gifts and using your talents, whatever they may be, for God. And I think there's so much power in what you're doing specifically, because I believe that God wants us to create homes and and spaces where people can feel safe, where people can feel the presence of God. And I think if there's one thing 2020 taught me, it's my, I was spending a lot more time in my house. The way, you know, the environment is in my home is important. Mm-hmm. And so I think interior design is an incredible way to use those gifts, use those strengths to create welcoming spaces and to create atmospheres where God can move. And we've learned that he'll do that outside the church walls. He'll do that in our homes. He'll do that, you know, at the table with friends. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I think what you said is spot on. I believe that God has created you for such time as this. I believe that he has created a strong, resilient, beautiful person that is using her gifts and glory talents for him. And he's going to get all the glory for that. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for your time. I'm so thankful that you're willing to talk with me. I know that some of these things can be hard to talk about and it can be hard to say, okay, let's sit down and kind of get into it. But I'm just, I'm thankful that you were willing to do that. And I'm praying that we can all just be quick to listen and be quick to learn and be quick to love. And I think 2021 can be a very different year if we're willing to do that. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Well, just on my heart to do one more thing. I just kind of want to speak life over your listeners, if that's okay with you. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So I just want to say, like, Father, one, thank you for your time that you've given us here with Kaylee and I together. And I just ask that your protection and that your wisdom will precede us this year, that we know that, one, you will encompass us with your grace and that your provision and protection, I'm declaring Psalm 91 for all of us this year, Father, that your wings will cover us and protect us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. That was awesome. I love that.